Welcome everyone. You are listening to the I Am a Spartan podcast with your host, Scott Knowles. Enjoy the show. It will probably suck. <laughs> Scott the Fane Knowles, and you're listening to another episode of I Am a Spartan OCR Podcast. And on this episode, I got to interview VJ Jones, and I uh, hope you enjoy it. Here it goes. VJ Jones, what is up, buddy? Not too much. Just uh, winding down after a day, little day of work, and I uh, got my run in while it was getting dark, but, you know, well, getting it in. Before we start this interview, I have to congratulate you on getting second place in the U.S. National Series this year. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's true, man. It's tr- uh, Hey, it's true. It, sh- it should be, at least, if, if, you know, they recognize that and all. So, that would mean I, I got second in the U.S. National Series, and I would have won the Mexican National Series as well. That's right. Too bad there wasn't, they didn't that. give out extra payouts for that, though, <laughs> No, they just totally dipped on all of that, <laughs> along with everything else. But uh, I guess I wouldn't have won the Mexican National Series because I got disqualified from that. But dude, so I was—I remember seeing about that when it happened. I heard you and Matt talking about it, and I don't know. And he says, "Why was nobody talking about this?" It was talked about in the Discord. I guess he just looked over that section. We miss you in the Discord, by the way. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it got a little wild in there for me. Yeah. Uh, it's like there there's some fun moments and, and and there were some cool spots but honestly there's a lot of negativity in there yeah and it, I, I just I don't I don't need that yeah there on. is at times I want to say that a lot of that's weeded out now so it's a little better now yeah but when it was like still filling out you'd get these random people would come in there and like start a big argument and then they dip because pretty much everybody <laughs> would be on one side against them pretty much. So it's, it hasn't it hasn't been as bad as it used to be. I'll I'll put it like to you like that, you know. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that, man. Maybe I'll 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 peep and check it out. Yeah, glass half full, you know. <laughs> so VJ, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. I know you you were living in California, and now you're in Colorado now, and you're working. So what what's going on? Tell us about VJ. Um. Yeah, it's been it's been a wild year, man. Uh, none of this was foreseen. Yeah, uh, it, it all kind of came about uh, with with COVID happening and the season getting canceled. It was definitely an interesting time, uh, and uh, I live with my girlfriend's family, and I was living with them in California as well. And they were like, you know, we're kind of tired of this. They just didn't really fit into the the SoCal like government and everything out there and they owned a business and they're they just sold their business and they were kind of free agents they're like man i kind of want to get out of here and let's go check out somewhere else and originally they were looking at texas and you know i've wanted to move to colorado for a while so i threw that out there as an option they came out to colorado springs checked it out and said this this is a sweet spot where we're going to come out here and i was like well i'm going to go with you so uh that that's how that all came together it was um Honestly, at the beginning of this year, that was not even thought about. Like that wasn't that wasn't an option. Right. But 
but with when COVID hit and everything shut down and California was one of the worst ones where no businesses could be open or anything like that, it was uh, pretty rough for them. And that, that was kind of the final straw. And yeah, ended up moving out to Colorado. And, and I mean, that's awesome for me being an athlete, getting to train at altitude. I mean, I, I, I sleep at 7,500 feet now when I was practically at sea level before. Oh, man. So I'm, I'm really excited to see those athletic benefits come through. Hell but yeah. um, everything in Colorado is just better so far. I mean, the people out here are super awesome. Everyone's so polite. Like in L.A., the vibe is I ignore you and you ignore me. Right. And out here, like if you do that, you're considered rude. Like everyone's saying good morning to each other. And, and I don't know. Everything's just been so cool from the mountains to the people. Uh, I'm just loving it all around. That's cool, man. That's good to hear. I mean, it's like that here because I live in South Georgia, and we we have we, there's still a lot of Southern hospitality down here. I mean, mm-hmm. but it's not everybody. But I mean, it's it's good to be able to cross paths with somebody and say good morning, you know, and get that in return. Where if you go to the bigger cities like Atlanta or New York, or you know, you don't get that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm uh I'm definitely digging it. It's been a change of pace, but it's it's been a good one. And you said you were working, so I, I know that we were setting up this uh, call here, and you said that you didn't know if you had to work or what your work schedule was going to be like until like the morning of. So what are you doing? A pimp? Yeah, so, um, <laughs> well, no, unfortunately. Uh, I uh, So, I mean, I coach uh, online right now with, with my coach. We started coaching groups. That's one of the things I do, and then obviously and I'm, an, I'm an athlete as well. And Great. normally that's enough. But right now in Colorado, I'm building a training facility out here and um, I'm burning through a lot of my savings, building these obstacles, buying equipment, making sure everything's ready to rock. So I picked up a little side gig uh, at UPS with Ryan Kent, actually. Sweet. So they hire these like seasonal people to come in and help deliver packages. So they put like two people per uh, truck so that we can just like double up and get as many packages delivered as quickly as possible. So right now I'm just like a, a seasonal UPS guy and it's honestly a lot of fun. It's not hard work, but it's just like quickly paced, right. uh, fun stuff. And I'm getting to hang out with my buddy, you know, Ryan Kent all the time. So it's been pretty cool so far, but in the mornings, I don't know if I'm going to work or not. It all depends on, you know, how busy the, I guess the day is and they'll call me in and be like, all right, you're coming in today. And I'm like, all right. See, that's so I just got to be ready. Because, like, both of y'all got on, you know, and they they work pretty good with, with Ryan's schedule and everything. But, like, down here, like, in my town, to get on with UPS is, like, a pretty big deal. And first, before you would even think about being on a delivery truck, you're going to be unloading the semis that come in. You know, and, so that's, and you have to that's work still up the case from up there. Here. That's still the case here. Right. So, um, I'm not driving. Right. So I'm just in the car and they hire people seasonally for that. But as a driver, um, yeah, they usually hire people in house, but Ryan had previous driving experience with with Amazon and he hit them up because they were really like starving for drivers. They didn't have enough to fill up all the, all the, um, areas they needed. So he got in at like a really fortunate time where they were hiring people outside. But usually you got to put in like three or four years just loading trucks right. to be able to get a driving position. So yeah. he was really lucky. And then me, I'm just, uh, I'm nothing special, but uh, yeah. You might, you might get cut after Christmas, in other words. 
Oh, I, I definitely will. I, I only want the gig through Christmas just right. to finish out the year, pick up a little couple extra checks because in the beginning of the year, we're going to get close to launching this facility out here and that'll be um, my primary gig other than being an athlete. So this facility that you're talking about, this isn't like where you've been cutting trails like on your property, is it? It is, yeah. And we're, we're actually building a separate building here as well. Um, that's going to house like the more indoor side of things, but I'm, I'm balancing it between like an OCR specific training area with a, um, more performance running type of thing. So similar to what Richard Diaz does, my coach, um, I'm going to start doing gate work, um, with athletes. And then I'm thinking about getting into metabolic testing as well. Um, just because I've spent so much time around it, I've, uh, helped Richard out um, at tons of clinics now for the last few years, and I've really picked up on a lot of things he does. And um, yeah, working with Richard, I'm developing this place, and hopefully, I can be like the Colorado branch of DS Human Performance. Is somewhat the idea. That's pretty cool, you know. And that's a good, you know, because he's got all the gate analysis knowledge, and then you've got, you know, and. I went to one of his clinics that was here in Atlanta, and uh, I know that a lot of people say, you know, that what is he, he knows a lot about running, he knows a lot about triathlon and biking and all, but, you know, besides, you know, his experience in the sport of OCR is still relatively new, you know, because he's never done the sport like he's done the triathlons and just running in general. So y'all combining forces just seems like a great idea as as a business. Yeah, it's it's been uh, a really cool concept. Um, I mean, as far as being a good coach in OCR, I don't think you have to have experience with it. You understand the demands and what your body needs to be capable of. And if you right. understand the physiology of the body, you can train it to perform in those ways. Now, there is like the experience side where you can try these different modalities of training and see what really leads to performance. Um and that's that's one of the reasons we started the OCR Performance Project, which is our online training group. The, the way that we structure that is I take a lot of the strength and OCR-specific type of stuff, and he takes most of the run-specific load and how to structure building four different races and things like that, because that's, that's where his um, you know experience and specialty lies. But we've, over the last few years, you know, if I, I've experienced different workouts uh, experimented with what works as far as pulling performance and developing workouts that are more skill-based as well um uh workouts that are uh not just strength-based but developing certain movements in your body to make you more efficient um on specific obstacles and combining those two things has really created a, a cool program and um i've actually done most of the training that has been available in the program for the athletes that we're coaching. So they're pretty much getting um, a slightly easier version of what I would normally do. So it's it's been really cool. And the athletes that we've been coaching, I mean, um, I was a little skeptical at first, you know, like um, whether we were going to see great results from people. But, I mean, a month in uh, when people were consistently putting in work, we started seeing some awesome results. Like one of our guys dropped a minute off his 5k time and he broke into the 16s for the first time. So it's not like he was just 
oh, I finally started training. So I went from a, a 25 to a 24. He went from a 17 to a 16. And that, that was really cool to see. And we've had some little challenges, like benchmark workouts throughout the uh, duration of the program. And people have been cutting, you know, off of a mile long workout that only takes you 10 minutes. People have been cutting, you know, 30 seconds to a minute off of those times. Wow. So it's, it's been really uh, just gratifying to see that, you know, the work and the, that we're putting out there is uh, really giving people great results. And it makes you feel good. Yeah. So what is this training? Is it is it like a training group where everybody's getting the same kind of workout plan and running schedule uh, determined on their load, or is it pretty much one-on-one? So it is a group training. Everyone's getting the same workouts, and, and we tend to err on the, on the more difficult side because it's really easy to scale back a workout, but not a lot of people know how to scale one up. Right. But um, – yeah, you know, it's uh, pretty affordable, so we can't afford to program individually for each person for the price that we're charging, but um, we're training specifically for specific events that are going to happen throughout the year. So we kind of take a consensus in the group of what most people are training for, and a lot of people are training for, you know, sprints and supers, mm-hmm. or they're tra- chasing the U.S. National Series specifically. Right. And um, that's been kind of the goal of the program is that we're going to give you a periodized approach to the U S national series, um, and build people up specifically for those events rather than just kind of aimlessly generally training for OCR. We're going to give you a specific approach that'll give you performance in this specific distance on this specific date. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the, the selling point of the program rather than, yeah, we, for the amount we're charging, which is pretty cheap, I mean, we're only doing it for 70 bucks a month. Um, right. So we can't perf- like program individually for each person, but we give people tips on how to scale back the workouts and um, how to make adjustments for yourself so that it is more inclusive to people. And for people that are training for longer events, we give recommendations when to add volume or, you know, based on your goals, how to adjust things. But yeah, so... It, it is pretty all-inclusive. Um, it's not, like, too specific, but it, it does have some specificity that will give athletes focus rather than uh, just kind of doing whatever. And I, I feel like that's something that OCR really needs. I've, the, the training mentality really isn't there in OCR. You look at people that are into CrossFit. The whole sport is just training. Right. You know? And people are always putting in the time and, and putting in, you know, the, the correct form of training. And then you look at, you know, people that sign up for a 10 K or they sign up for a marathon. Everyone starts a training program to get themselves ready for that. Right. So many people in OCR, they sign up for 20 races a year, but then they don't train for any of them. They don't prepare, uh, for these events so they can perform really well. And I mean, that's totally fine if your goal is just to finish, but some people actually want to improve, but they don't know how to put the work in that can improve them. So that's, that's what we wanted to do. Just give a more like scientific approach to training, um, for the masses. So how many workouts a week is in this plan? Is it like five days or? It'll usually be five to six days. Um, depending on how difficult the load is, we'll give off days. But, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, if you're talking about like how much programming we're doing, we're programming for every day of the month, all the way through. Um, yeah. Cool. 
Uh, if somebody's looking to get in on this, uh, where do they go? To the DHP website? Yeah, you can go to DiazHumanPerformance.com or you can click the link in my bio on my Instagram. Uh, I mean, I post about it here and there and uh, let people know what's going on with it. But uh, yeah, DiazHumanPerformance.com. You can find a link to the OCR Performance Project. And uh, yeah, we'd love to have you. I mean, we're having a sale right now. We're waiving the initiation fee. It'll be $100 off. Um, and then you just go right in, start paying your monthly dues, and uh, it's open-ended. So if it's not right for you, uh, we'll drop you. But honestly, everyone that's been putting in the work has seen some awesome results, and I think uh, I think a lot of people could benefit from a, a, just a more periodized approach to training. How many people y'all got signed up? Um, I think we're pushing 40. 30 to 40 and we, we don't want to do too much because then we don't get to give like um enough attention like attention to each person so yeah we're we're probably going to cap it at 50 so we'll see how it goes but um that we still have some room for people and we'll close it when it needs to be closed but um but yeah it's it's doing well so far and it's been a really cool experience cool so, uh, VJ, when do you think your uh, training facility is going to be uh, ready? And, and didn't you, what is it going to be called, like Black Black Forest or something like that? Yeah, it'll be uh, Black Forest Performance Training or Black Forest OCR. Still bouncing between those two. Right. But um, it should be in full swing sometime like mid to end of February. It all depends on when the building gets put up. As soon as the building's ready, um I'm going to start setting it up, making sure that we have, you know, the equipment all lined up in there. I'm going to have, uh, I, I've been in talks with a company called Tough Tread, right. and they make high-performance, high-speed treadmills. And we're working out something where I'm going to be able to get my hands on, like, a $28,000 treadmill. Wow. Where uh, it's going to go 31 miles an hour. It's going to go to 40% grade so we're be, we're going to be able to run people through paces and uh do a lot of really cool work with it that's mm. going to be kind of the centerpiece of it where we get to do the gate work and metabolic testing with that piece of equipment but then I'm going to have you know other things around it so we can do some you know more like functional training as well that's a freaking expensive treadmill bro Yes, it is. But I mean, it's an investment for a business. But at the same time, the way these treadmills are built is that it's never going to break down. I'm never going to need another treadmill after I buy this, and ma- and God, I'm almost not. never going to have to maintain it. It's like a self lubing, self taking care of type of thing. Um, is that kind of like the one like, Rich has got in his shop? Yes, yes. But I think mine's going to be better. I hope so. I don't think I've ever paid. Yeah. Tw- I don't think I've ever paid twenty eight thousand dollars for a car yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm definitely in an interesting position here. That's going to be a, a bigger investment than I've ever uh, taken on. I mean, I'm still a pretty young guy, so my credit's uh, still building. Right. So it's going to be an interesting time over the next couple of months figuring out putting this uh, together. But once it's there, it's going to be super cool, and I'm really excited to start working with people and. Uh, bringing them up to speed. So is how how long is Rich planning to you know keep being in this business? Is he looking to retire <laughs> soon, or is he just always going to have his hands in meddling in this? I think he's going to work until the day he drops. 
Yeah. Um, that's what I yeah, figured, too. I, I mean, he, I don't think he wants to do everything forever. You know, mm-hmm. I think, uh, he, I mean, he loves what he does. He's, he's very um, into it. It's not like it's, oh, I got to go work with these people today. It's, he still enjoys it so much. So um, I think he's going to do it as long as he can. I mean, um, hard to say how long that'll be, but I think he's kind of over-traveling. You know, he's not traveling around the country anymore for clinics and stuff. Right. He's He's got a good setup where he's at. Um, and he honestly puts on the best clinic when you go to California. Like, when you're in California, you get the full experience, get to work with him in his place. Um, and we get to go to local areas around there and have a really cool weekend. Um, so he's probably going to keep doing that because it's not a, a, a whole lot of effort for him it's not a big stretch and he can really offer a good product out there but i mean it's hard to say i don't know how long he's going to keep doing it but um as long as i can still get him to, to coach me and and work with me I, I think uh i think he'll still be involved right on that sounds pretty cool man so vj let's back up a little bit and tell us just like i mean i know you i know you ran in school and you did hurdles and stuff like that but how did you yep. come across uh, ocr for the first time that's actually a, a pretty interesting story. So um, I was like, you know, normal cross country track and field kid in high school. Um, Did you like but, I mean, running? I, yes, actually, I, I really do. I mean, I still I still do. I did then. Um, but I didn't grow up running. Like right. I didn't start till I got to high school. But I was always kind of a like a natural athlete. And uh, I mean, I grew up racing BMX. I raced bicycles for years, and then um, have you ever seen wanna... the movie Rad? I think I have. <laughs> I've seen a few. I, I've seen a few of those older BMX movies. Like one of my favorites when I was a kid was uh, a really early Nicole Kidman movie called BMX Bandits. If you guys are ever into uh, seeing an old vintage movie like that, it's really freaking sick. I think BMX I want to say, Bandits. Look it up. I'm pretty sure that that's the name of the movie. It's either Rad or like Rad Cool, but it 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 had that it had that girl that was on a uh, Full House that she was on it, and uh, you know the one that just got in trouble for like I guess paying off people at the uh, college to get her kids in the college or whatever. The actor, I forget what her name is. Oh, <laughs> I think I know who you're talking about, but I I can't think of the name. But yeah, she, I mean, she was in the movie and it was so cornerly cheesy, but it was, it was a big BMX movie and like everybody as a kid, you know, that was big into BMX just loved this movie when it came out. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I saw a part of it at least cause I've heard of that and I think I can see the, the, the cover of the, the movie when I think of it right now. But, um, but yeah, yeah, I, I dug my, my BMX bandits as a kid. It was like a watch it once every couple of weeks kind of movie. Right. Get you pumped up before the race. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I raced BMX for years. Um, I was pretty good at it. Actually, the goal when I was a kid was like, I'm going to go pro for this, but there's no money in that really. Like you, if you're a pro athlete, like they're going to give you a case of energy drink and now you're a pro. So it wasn't yeah. like the most fruitful sport, but, um, you know, my mom, was really big into running when she was younger and she always told me about her running stories. And I was like, well, I got to go check that out too. So in high school, I went out uh, for the cross country team, did track and field. And I I turned out to be really good at that. Like I was actually a little better at the, the endurance thing than the explosive side of things. So, um, 
yeah, I won my first race that I ever entered cross country and oh, wow. just kept going from there. And, uh, but the thing about me is I've always been like a jack of all trades athlete. I was never like the best miler or the best 5k athlete. I, I could make it to the state championships in any event, but I couldn't win it. Right. So like I made it to state for the 300 hurdles and I also made it to state in cross country. Like those are two like opposite sports, but I could make it to the championships for those, but I was never good enough to win it. So my original thought was that I was going to get into decathlon. That was what I was going to go to college and, and compete in. Right. But my sophomore year, my dad signed up for this local thing called a rugged maniac and he went out and had a blast and I got super jealous so I signed up for the next one which was this local Valentine's Day obstacle race called the Love Mud Run it was like a couple of mud pits a slide some monkey bars like stuff like that but I went out and I lost my shoe in like the first mud pit and I ran the whole race rookie mistake with like one sock and one shoe (laughs) and uh, I ended up getting second and that wasn't good enough so I clearly needed some redemption so then we found this thing called a warrior dash and we signed up for that. And then we found out, Hey, if you do well here, you qualify for warrior dash world championships. So I went out, I tied my shoes extra tight. I won a warrior dash <laughs> and I qualified for the world championships, which happened to be in California, like up towards Sacramento. So uh, I started training for that. And I went out and I did my first uh, world championship event. And I had no idea who any of these guys were. Like, little did I know, like, I was running next to Hunter McIntyre and Bracken Cracker, and I'm like 13 years old. <laughs> uh, I might have been 14. But, uh, yeah, so that was, that was like my first real experience with like elite obstacle racers. And uh, I kind of got the itch for it, started running all my local events. And then uh, I realized that if you want to be competitive, Spartan Race is the place to be. Well, they so putting I, off the, they're putting on the most races, or they were. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not necessarily, like, the coolest event. I mean, I, I still love racing, and I, I love, um, you know, the community there, and Spartan Race is still going to be my favorite. But if you want to be competitive and you want to race the best athletes – in OCR, that's where you go. So I signed up for uh, the Malibu Sprint in 2014. And I went out there, and if you can imagine, I was the same height as I am now, but I was about 30 pounds less. <laughs> and if you, it, it, you can't even imagine me with 30 less pounds. I'm one of the leaner guys in OCR. So I was not prepared for what that event entailed, like, all the other events were like rigs and stuff, which I was better at. But um, when we hit the Herc hoist in that race, it really like it took me almost two minutes to finish the obstacle. I did it, but it was pitiful. And I ended up going from second place to like 13th place. And I ran myself back into fourth to finish in the top five. Wow. And after that, like I, I was really excited because i knew like if i work on my strength i can i might be able to win one of these races so um 
started hitting the weight room with some of the football players after cross-country practice, signed up for uh, the SoCal Spartan Sprint the next year. And, uh, yeah, that's that's when I won my first race. I got to race Spartan Pro Glenn Race, and um, that was that was really awesome for me, beating a Spartan Pro team member and, and uh, winning a race, making my first little bit of money unofficially of course um it it was it was really cool and that that was really the beginning and then after that like you finish on the podium you get a free race sign up for the next one so i signed up for the next one and it started kind of a chain linking these events together and my dad was kind of funding this whole like endeavor of me just traveling to the local events that's cool getting to compete yeah he was my first sponsor (laughs) and uh yeah it just took off from there and then Getting out of high school, I had a couple like small college offers to go run, and I wasn't really attached to any of those things. I mean, I was never a scholar. I wasn't looking forward to like going out and spending the next like four to six years of my life as a student. Right. Uh, so, um, out of the blue, I got this call from a guy named Robert Coble, who was the leader of the Spartan Pro team and head referee of Spartan Race, and he said, "How would you like to travel the country?" Um, jumping in mud puddles and we'll pay your way. And I said, hell yeah, dude, that's me. So that, that was my first year on the Spartan pro team. And I mean, the rest is history. Did they pay your way though? Really? The first year (laughs) they did the first year they did when there was only 20 people on the team. Um, I mean, I didn't make any money, but they covered my expenses to go out to and travel to the races. Hey, that's worth it then. Yeah, totally worth it. They sent us a bunch of gear from Reebok. Yeah. yeah, really cool. The next year, um, then they, they came out with their new thing where they they give people like um, a gift card and, and call you a Spartan Pro. <laughs> that was awesome. And I finally woke up uh, earlier this year and said, hey, man, like I'm worth more than a gift card. So I uh, I didn't sign that deal. But but yeah. Well, you came on the scene last year crushing it, dude. How many first-place oh, races did you get in a row? Wasn't it like seven races in a row first place? I won set the first seven races of 2019, but I actually won, I think, two or three leading into that at the end of 2018. So I had like a nine or ten win streak um, that got broken by a second place. And then I, I think I won like another one or something after that. So it was, I mean, I've had a pretty good podium streak. Um, I know you like dominated in that Alabama race. That was pretty cool. <laughs> Thank you, man. Like, uh, yeah, that was, that was when like I was actually putting in some good consistent training. And I think my body just developed enough. Finally, I was. Hey, you there? You, you broke up a little oh, bit. Repeat that last part. Oh, so, oh sorry, man. Um, okay. I, I think uh, it, it was more of just uh, I grew up a little bit. Right. I was still a boy, like, racing all these men, and then I finally grew up just enough to where my body could keep up with some of the training we were doing. I mean, my training has been historically very, very light, um, low volume, like, not hitting it too hard, because I've heard so many stories of athletes, like, burning out by doing too much work and i think that even made me do too little work um and that kind of set in a habit that i'm trying to break currently but 
yeah, and just the training started clicking, and it all came together, and I was in really good shape going into Alabama. And I mean, I wasn't planning on leading that race out as soon as I did, but I found myself up there, and I was like, I honestly took off just waiting for someone to catch up because I didn't, I wasn't ready to pace that, and no one ever did. So then I said, all right, I'm just going to run away with it then. And that made me feel like a freaking rock star. So when I showed up to Seattle, like I had already won that race, like in my mind, I'll right. stand on the start. Like all I got to do is just finish and I'm going to finish first. Like that's all I got to do. And then I fell off the freaking Z wall mm. and, uh, yeah, that, that was awful. But I, I was able to run myself like almost back to a win where we battled it out for the last mile. But, um, and you've come in like right behind Atkins at that race too. So if you would have made the Z wall, you probably would have won it. Yeah, I felt really good at the time, um, but you know it's hard to say whether he was conserving or if he was going all out. But um, he looked pretty gassed. Yeah, I remember watching it, and he looked pretty gassed coming across the finish line. Yeah, I, I think I pushed him a little in the end there, but um, you know that was that was really a turning point for me as well. Like. I was pretty devastated after that event, but um, I, later on, I look at it as one of my best performances, not like physically, but also mentally. Like I've had events in the past where something goes wrong and I kind of just shut down and yeah. cruise it in knowing that victory is out of reach. But that time, like something happened and I didn't give up and I kept putting in work and I almost came back from it. And that, that was really... I think like a defining moment for my development as an athlete, like just knowing that you could come back from something like that and, and just pure perseverance was uh, really good for me. And, and it shifted my mindset going into races. Now, like things aren't over if something happens, like I keep fighting and, and, and keep going for it. And that's, that, that was really big for me. And a lot of day, and a lot of times, that's what they say too. If you don't run a perfect race, you're off the podium. And you I mean you you cut back up to second place and was on first place as heels coming across the finish line. So that was a very impressive finish for sure. Thank you, man. Um, like I think that is still true in, in the sense of a sprint, like a five k. Like there's no time to make up thirty burpees in yeah. a five k. Like in Jacksonville this year, if anybody failed an obstacle, they they were had no shot. Yeah. at getting back to where they were but in a super or a beast like you're totally still in the fight and um yeah yeah it's 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 cool to know that since you led into jacksonville i wanted to ask you because you you play second and y'all you were pretty close to ryan at that race too <laughs> that race was so short and so fast <laughs> if you could go back and race it again knowing what you knew after the race, what would you do differently? Like, was there a, a point on an obstacle where you think, oh man, I could have shaved seconds there? Um, I lost almost 15 to 20 seconds on the Z wall. Um, so I didn't go scope it out, but a lot of athletes did. And if you look in the video and everything, the right side of the Z walls were leaning back and the left side was you know leaning forward so right. if you got on the left side of the z wall you almost didn't need to use your arms you could just walked across it i got on the right side leading with my right hand and i was like i barn doored so hard i almost fell off of it and i had to take a lot of time because i was leading into that point and atkins left almost 10 seconds ahead of me yeah um after that obstacle it. and 
honestly, that was just a, a mistake. Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I didn't look at it and analyze and think. Like, being an obstacle racer, you got to have your head on your shoulders and, and look ahead to everything that you're doing. Right. And, I, and I, think about it as you're coming into it. I thought you were going to tell me you had to wait or something to get on a wall because the walls were very early in the race, and I know <laughs> it was easy to get backed up. You, you yeah. know, and when that happens, you don't really have a choice of, you know, which wall you want if you, you know, not there in first or you know up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't imagine what it's like to get backed up in an obstacle. It's got to be like really frustrating. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I just made a bad choice there, and then I caught back up. And then when we got onto the sandbag carry. I ended up dropping my sandbag oh, into some mud, and it, it, the mud was so deep, it, the sandbag disappeared. I could <laughs> not see it. And if you ask, like, Kempson or Woods that were, they were right behind me, I was, like, screaming so loud trying to pick this bag up because it was so slippery and to just get it back onto my shoulders. I couldn't even see it in the mud. I just had to reach down and feel it out and pick it up, and I ended up, you know, finishing the sandbag pretty strong and coming out swinging after that and was able to catch back up um, close yeah. to the lead. But, um, yeah, like Atkins was in good shape, and he put together a perfect race. Like, he totally deserved that victory. I made a lot of mistakes. Like, I was in really good shape too, but I just uh, I, I lost too much time in these foolish little errors. And in something that was that fast, that's what it was going to come down to. So, I mean, I, I think I had the fitness to win that race, and it was very possible, but I just I just messed up too much. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ryan and Lindsey uh, ran it open on Saturday too. But uh, that that sandbag carry was nasty too. It yeah. was nasty yeah. on Saturday, and then after thousands of people went through it, it was so much worse on Sunday's race. So much worse. Yeah, that's that's a questionable decision on Spartan Race's part. Like, could you imagine like um, a professional trail race or something that you send off the day after like eight thousand people ran a course? Right. Like, like it's gonna be beat down and messed up. So, I mean, it made for an interesting competition. I mean, everyone has to do the same thing, so it's not like anyone had an advantage or something. But it, it was a pretty gnarly experience. Yeah, and it's kind of funny how they're putting, and you might know, like, why are they they doing, like, the big competition races on Sunday? Is it because they want people to come back on Sunday, too, or spectate, or? Yeah, they're trying to get more of a spectator side of things. I mean, spectators bring money into the sport as far as, like, you know, uh, broadcasting and sponsors and things like that. So the more eyes they can get on the sport, the more they can sell, like, advertisements, basically. Um, So Sundays are an option. Um, We've even seen, like, uh, they're thinking about doing evening races, like a Friday evening sprint where all that people can come out for an open house or something and then watch the elites race. Um, They're thinking about a lot of uh, things like that, but... Um, yeah, the, I, I mean, Sundays is just a, a sprint day usually, but they were trying to get more people to watch by doing a, a Sunday event. Well, I know they've already scheduled some of the trail races on the Fridays as well. 
Oh, that's interesting. It's just the Spartan Trails. Because when they did the COVID Jacksonville race, they did a trail race on the Friday night. And then you did the regular sprint on that Saturday. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. With all the alcohol sanitation between the obstacles. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know how much that helps. But, I mean... Well, I mean, I guess it helps if people are using it, but half the people weren't using it. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if you're trying to race, and that that, that was another interesting thing. Like, uh, I went to Savage Race this past weekend, and they put on an amazing event. Yeah, I Um, did the one they had in Dallas, Georgia about a month ago, and it was really good. Yeah, dude, they're they're putting on the same beast event that they've been putting on. Um, COVID hasn't slowed them down very much. I mean, they're taking like safety precautions and whatever, but it's funny. Like some people are putting on their hand sanitizer and stuff like that, but you, you just signed up for an obstacle race. Like you're going to go jump in the same pool of water that I'm going to go jump in. Yep. And, and you're afraid to be around me. So I, I don't know. It's questionable decisions for people. I mean, if, if you're scared of it, don't, don't come out. I mean, but, I, uh, and I, that's yeah. what, that's, I agree with you there. You know, if, if, if you're afraid of catching the virus, you know, you, and you're paranoid about, well, I'm worried I'm going to catch it, then it's probably just better for you not to go. But I doing, I did Spartan's COVID race, and I've done Savage's race, and I've done a bunch of trail races. And all the races I've done, I feel like I felt safe to me to where I could social distance myself away from people and use the alcohol every time if I wanted to, you know, the opportunity to stay safe was there. And I think, and I think that Savage and Spartan are taking the precautions they did as to make people feel at ease. And also because that's what the County or city is, you know, mandating them to do as well. But, you know, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do and respect people's wishes to stay safe or distance or, or whatever it is. I think it sure, was as safe as going to Walmart anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's gotta be at least as safe as going to Walmart. So, right. I mean, I, I don't want to get into the COVID uh, thing too much. There's a lot of opinions involved in that, but yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of silly sometimes. Well, let's talk about Savage. You did go down there and spank people's asses. Tell us about the race. <laughs> um, it was good. Uh, you know, I've I've kind of settled into a base phase training thing where I'm not doing very much intensity. I'm just trying to build up my volume. Uh, so I went out to Savage Race, you know, knowing I, I had the fitness to, to have a good performance. But I mean, I didn't I didn't expect too much. Um, and, and you don't know how everyone else's fitness is. Like I've, I heard like rumors, Woodsy's in really good shape right now. And, and, you know, Mark, he's telling me he's hitting like better track workout than he has all year. So, and, but then again, like we don't have a race season, so we know, we have no idea where everyone's at. So, right. uh, I just kind of went out looking to have a great time and throw down. And, you know, I, I was like, man, you know, I need this check more than anybody else does. Um, I'm trying to build an obstacle and, and wood ain't free. So I went out there and, um, I mean, I had a great time. It was so fun to get like on a start line again and go out way too hot and die and <laughs> figure it out and, and climb on some stuff. So it, it was an, an awesome event. I mean, shout out to Savage for just 
keeping it up, like just putting it out there for us to have an event to do. Um, Did you lead most I mean, of the race, or was it you and Mark back and forth? It, Mark and I went back and forth all the way into the last mile. Like I watched uh, some of it. Yeah, it, it was it was honestly exciting. I, I love racing with Mark probably more than anybody because we pull the best out of each other. We're pretty similar athletes, um, but I think he has a slight edge on you know leg speed right. usually, and I have a slight edge on the obstacles. Like I can make up a little time, but. He had a little experience because he's done a couple of savage races. So there were a couple of obstacles I'd never seen before that I had to figure out. But um, it was awesome racing him and, and just pushing yourself. Um, yeah, because there was quite way a few too good hard. people there, too. Yeah, I mean, we had Woodsy there. We had Ken Crigliano. Um, Nick Riker was there. Victor Quezada. Yeah, we had almost probably the most stacked savage race that I'd ever seen. If we had Yuri and uh what's it called james zook there it would have been like the savage national championships it yeah. was really stacked it was a really cool area to run um but mark and i battled back and forth obstacle to obstacle like some things he would gain an edge some things i would gain an edge and uh finally it came down to the log carry right at the end and i was able to put like a good 10 seconds on him and i was able to hold it through the last gauntlet of obstacles and that was able to hold him off, but man, it was it was a tight battle, and I think it was really exciting. I mean, that was like I think a lot of people were digging watching it just because it was so close. Yeah, somebody had told me, and it was before I'd watched the videos, but somebody told me that the rig was so hard. Yeah, VJ he had to do it like three times, but that wasn't the case. No, no, not really. <laughs> um, the rig was difficult, especially since it was wet. Like grabbing onto it, and there's dew all over it. It was challenging. I mean, that that sideways piece of plastic that we had to traverse was, it was actually quite difficult. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was just flexing all over the place. Like if it was solid, it wouldn't have been so bad. But I think you know, tons of people lost their bands at that obstacle, and so many of the women. I mean, Alexandra Walker hurt herself on that obstacle. Wow. Um, yeah, I heard like half. It of was the gnarly. Half the people lost their band. There is what I heard. Yeah, it was it was a, a extremely high number of people that lost their bands, and it, I, I think there's a limit to everything. Like maybe they could have had like I don't know more moderate side or something, which I think they did later in the day. But even for the elites, there just there has to be like some kind of limit to where you can push it. I mean, it's not a ninja course; it's it's an obstacle race, but. I mean, I dug it. I, I like challenging stuff like that. And they got some cool obstacles this year with, um, like, Anchors Away yeah. is, is a whole lot of fun. And that is a fun Some of those race. obstacles are freaking awesome. But I ended up coming away with the win in, on Saturday, and then I was able to repeat again on Sunday. But unfortunately, Mark hurt himself about a half mile into the race, oh, no. jumping off a wall, so he didn't get to battle it out that day. But he seems like he's going to be all right, so... I just had to take a little time off and rest, but he should be coming back just fine. Did he twist his ankle or something? Uh, he he strained his quad doing the second workout of OCR Stars. Right. And uh, I think he jumped off a wall and his knee kind of buckled. And in trying to save that, he strained his quad again and, and he wasn't able to continue. Right. Does Savage still pay $1,000 for first place? Uh, they 
Or Usually it... don't for Sunday. They do for Saturday. Right. But and I wasn't planning on racing Sunday just because I didn't. I couldn't afford to. Right. But looking, uh, they they end up only in Florida. They pay out for the Blitz on Sunday, and then they paid out like five hundred bucks for Sunday. Oh, so sweet. that's why I signed up for the next day. So you just you paid for your trip and made a little bit of cash too, then. Yeah, yeah. The uh, Sunday paid for the trip, and Saturday was gravy. Cool. Heck yeah. Yeah, dude. <clears throat> VJ, don't you have like a little bit of? I, I want to say I saw some videos you posted where you went to like a parkour gym or something, or it was like a ninja gym or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've uh, dabbled in that sort of thing here and there. I mean, recently I did my first ninja competition that I won. Uh, that was a lot of fun. It was like a little speed course, and right. you had to jump around. I mean, the my winning time was only. 32 seconds or something so it was a really quick course but wow. you had to just jump and have these big moves everywhere like you had to lache like big gaps and just kind of fling your body all over the place but it was a lot of fun and i think it was good practice going into savage race just building up a little confidence on some obstacles yeah because usually i'm confident in making those big moves but it'd been so long like i i, I couldn't uh like feel comfortable just full swinging and, and heating your body like eight feet have you ever thought about signing up for American Ninja Warrior? Or is that just something that doesn't interest you? Uh, I've thought about it. I mean, I, I might because when I did Million Dollar Mile, I was in a contract for three years with CBS, but then the show oh. got canceled. So now I can actually go out and do like Ninja Warrior on NBC. So I, I got an invite to go on, so I might do that. Oh, you um, totally should, man. Next if you year, got an invite. Yeah, I think. I think it'd be a lot of fun, and I think I could make it to Vegas as long as I didn't make a stupid mistake. Right. Um, and I think I could dominate stage one of uh, of Vegas, like just going fast and not too difficult of obstacles, something like that. Like I could, I could slam through that course. But once you got to the more difficult stages, like um, if they put a mile between each obstacle, I might be able to do really well. Back to back, like probably not. Yeah. So what was it like being on the Million Dollar Mile show? It was very cool. Um, such a great concept and an amazing venue. Uh, running in the middle of the night, chasing people down on obstacles and these larger-than-life huge obstacles that are sometimes like the size of a house. Or it was such a cool experience. And, I mean, uh, hanging out with Hunter and Robert Killian and, some of the other guys that were there, it was, it was a very, very cool experience. Um, I'm just kind of, I think everyone was a little disappointed in the final product, yeah. the way it came out. And I mean, there's a few things that went wrong with that show. One, the announcers, it's like, if you brought me out to announce a basketball game, I'm not going to know what I'm looking at. Like I, I can't make that interesting. So right. you brought some people that have no idea what OCR is to, to try to make OCR interesting and, and they can't even relate. You know, so you know, and, and a lot of people did, you know, critique, you know, Tebow up there. But I mean, almost all the game shows these days are kind of like that. Like the Spartan Ultimate yeah. Team Challenge was like that. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean, I don't think Tebow did that bad of a job. I, I didn't mean, either. He, I mean, he, he I thought it was an okay show. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah, I, the main problem with that show, like, was at the root of the the show, like the way it was structured. You look at all the successful competition shows, you look at Ninja Warrior, you look at Titan Games, things like that. 
everyone is working towards the next level to get to the finals. Right. So you have this sort of progression where you can root for people to succeed and keep going. Yeah. There was none of that on Million Dollar Mile. Yeah, because it, everyone it, it was, was just, one show and done, yeah. Yeah, so every episode was the same. You're just seeing different people try to take on this challenge rather than having like, you know, you get this much head start here and, and you're going to battle with each other to go against one of the defenders at the end and then you can qualify for the finals. Something, some kind of progression where people were rewarded for their success to get to move on in the show. Right. Um, and it just got, I think people got bored, like, Watching us run down regular people and smash them it probably wasn't that exciting because so many people um, would start bailing out after the the first obstacle. Yeah, you know, I can I can make a quick ten grand and turn around. That's it. Yeah. So it was, yeah. It, if they ever brought it back, I hope they'd bring me in and I, I could make that show extremely interesting. Like I, I'd go full like uh, Running Man style on it. Like like that you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, and that's what it was like. It was like the Running Man, you know. Yeah, dude. And if you had some cool intros like the Running Man, and yeah. made a a big production around like the Defenders and stuff, yeah. And then you put you actually had some progression to the show. It could be really really exciting. Like that first episode was really exciting. It was it really was. good. And then and then it, it you just like. They didn't say like, "All right, we're gonna move towards the finals" or something, but nothing. So, yeah, mm. it was a bummer, but it was really cool to, to get to do something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, and I thought the production was better than both of the Spartan Games, or not the Spartan Team Challenge shows. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this was like top dollar type of stuff. All the guys that built uh, Ninja Warrior and Titan Games, they were they were there, like running us through, like. Um, building the obstacles and everything and then uh the guy that produced eco challenge yeah uh that came back uh, his name's kevin hodder he was the guy that put on this he was like putting all this together and uh really cool dude and, and i mean had a lot of experience in the industry so he it was very professional how long did it take to shoot the whole show uh i think 10 days oh well that it took it a pretty was, good while then yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. I think we got like a day off in between or two days off in between, but um, yeah, it's really cool. Like you're trying to sleep as much as you can during the day, and then you go and it's like everyone's hanging out like behind the scenes, like all the athletes are messing around in this room and, uh, in the middle of the night. You you don't know who's going to get called up next, and then they're like, "VJ, you're next." And you're like, "Yeah,", yeah. <laughs> you get to go run out, and strap on these lights, and go climb up a freaking fifteen story building. I bet that was fun. It looked like that, fun. That was way cool. Really, really cool, man. So did you get like a payout bonus if you stopped them before they could, you know, get money? No, that was the thing. Like, we were getting paid no matter what. So it's like, sometimes people came in like, oh, yeah, I'm trying to fund my dad's, like, you know, cancer treatment. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, man, like, you want me to go beat this guy and take away his chance to help his dad like I don't hey it's know your job to smash that. him man you don't care why yeah <laughs> yeah you better better start a GoFundMe because you ain't getting any money here <laughs> like i don't know it's kind of sometimes you felt bad and, and you just got to keep on your game face like no i'm not gonna get phased by this i'm just yeah. gonna smash this guy because that's, that's right. what i do and uh you got one job really man <laughs> yeah what would have been really interesting though is if they said 
each of our defenders has two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and every time they give up money, it comes out of their check. Ooh. That would have been really cool because then it would have been like it would have given us a reason to beat them. Like I'm not giving you money, dude. Yeah, it would come directly from me. That would have been super cool. But no, we cool. didn't get any incentives for beating people other than just glory. Right. Mm. Well, that's pretty cool. <laughs> Yeah. Well, VJ, man, I'm almost at the end here, dude, but I've always got some questions that I ask every guest that come on here. Okay. So, like, to this day, and it doesn't have to be OCR, but what has been, like, your favorite race and and why? Um, it's probably going to have to be North American OCR Championships from last year. Oh, uh, short it course? Was, it just, Yes. Yes, I mean, I, I like the entire weekend, the whole event. It's the most professional feeling event other than like Spartan World Championships. You get there and the vibe is just different. You're like, man, there's people from other countries here. It's an international event. It's championship season. And and what's really cool is that it's kind of like a culmination of all these obstacle races. You see these obstacles from, you know, like Northman Race and, and uh, Indian Mud Run, and they all donate like obstacles kind of to develop this event so there's a little touch of everything yeah which is really cool um and it kind of brings that european style of obstacle racing where things are a little more challenging uh obstacle wise to the u.s and and that's that's really cool for me and um i like when there's like obstacles that are risk versus reward like you, you look at spartan obstacles and i mean monkey bars and rig and stuff there's not like there's a faster way to do it than we already do it. There's like, you can just do the same thing, but faster or slower. But like some of the obstacles that are at, um, Noram, it's like you can jump out to the next rope or you can, you can make a big risk on an obstacle that you might fall off of, but it'll really reward you in that sense. So, um, really cool event there it's always put together really well and it, it's a lot of fun i mean i ended up winning it last year so that was i mean probably the highlight of my career but still probably one of my favorite events um to date other than other than savage race savage race is one of the closer things to that yeah but my my career has been really filled with spartan like i've done so many spartan races and i've i've gone like years where i've done like you know one other race other than spartan so uh, next year, I mean, this year was supposed to be different, but next year I'm planning on, I have a couple Europe trips planned right. to go try out some other events. I want to do Red Bull Conquer the Castle. I want to do Toughest. Those are like two wow. races that have really interested me, but I want to get some of these uh, U.S. races as well, like Indian Mud Run looks yeah. really cool. I want to do a Conquer the Gauntlet. Uh, I want to do a Fit Challenge. I mean, there, there's some really cool races yeah, that don't get as much attention as Spartan Race, but um, they look really, really fun. And I'm going to do my best to get out to some of these smaller events and, and really just uh, get that experience. Yeah, I want to do that Indian Mud Run. I've heard nothing but good things about that race. Yeah, dude. Uh, I'm as soon as you know it's confirmed and we know we can go. I'm I'm booking my flight and I'll, I'll be there. Right. Looks like a a really cool event. People tell me it's the best preparation for OCR Worlds that you can get. Wow. Okay, so now I want to reverse that question. What has been, like, your worst race or the race you disliked <laughs> the most and, and why? Um, well, I mean, it's going to be an event that no one's ever heard of, but 
I mean, I've had a few bad ones, like some of these smaller events where, you know, people that are putting on the race, like maybe aren't athletes or can't think like an athlete. Yeah. They put together like this really shitty event. There's one called Crusher Mud Run or something. Right. And, uh, the court, like the obstacles were uh, okay, but the, uh, the course was just not marked at all. Like I got lost like 10 times at <laughs> the event. I'm just like, I'm just running. And I realized like I'm looking on the other side of this lake and I'm like the side of the lake. So I ended up running back around and trying to figure it out. And this happened. I tried it again. The race director said, we really marked the course well this time. And they invited me back and I went back and I got lost like two or three times <laughs> again. And I finally said, you know, screw this man. I'm not coming back. And I mean, that, that was probably my worst race experience. Where I mean, I've had bad at? races. This was in SoCal. Oh. This is uh, like some local, like Los Angeles County type race. Right. And uh, I mean, I've had uh, with Gladiator Rock and Run, I've been run off course before, almost to where I lost the race. Um, but they usually put on a pretty cool event, especially at the Rose Bowl. But I mean, I've had bad races that I don't like to think about that wasn't the race's fault it was just me <laughs> but uh, i think crusher goes down as like the worst event i ever did <laughs> that's funny i know spartan kind of used to be bad about that too not marking a course good because <laughs> we've we've all gotten lost a couple of times i know racing um yeah i, I know when steve hammond's there that we're gonna have a great course and, and we're not gonna get lost those guys are really on it well they used to you know they'd put a piece of tape here and there and you had to look for the next piece and and now they've yeah. gotten good about going solid with the tape in a lot of the areas that are questionable yeah for sure yeah it's 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 really hard to get lost these days unless someone breaks the tape right uh Hopefully then, then you just keep running into the forest yeah <laughs> okay vj so like what is your race ritual like, what do you do, like, the night before the race, the morning before the race, and what are you doing after the race on Saturday if you plan on running Sunday? Tell us your secrets, um, Veej. I just, I just kind of rely on mojo, too. Like, I just, I don't have, like, a super ritual. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of overnight oats. So, the night before the race, like, I'm making myself some overnight oats and, I'm probably going to stay up too late <laughs> and then get stressed out about sleeping and wake up like every hour, making sure I don't sleep past my alarm. Like that's one of my main fears, like sleeping. And then you wake up and like 15 minutes to start and you can't make it. And you're like, right. Oh shit. So I know I I think I've had lot, that but... nightmare before where you're running late to get to the race. I know I've had that nightmare more than once. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's the, that's a sketchy one. But I, uh, I, Oh, I had a dream the night before noram or two nights before noram that i missed the race or that i was like trying to get my bib and they wouldn't give it to me i'm like the race is about to start and they're like i'm <laughs> sorry i can't give it to you and it started and i was like just heartbroken like what am i gonna do and, and i woke <laughs> up and i was like oh thank god like three days before the race I'm like oh, oh but uh i mean morning of i get up i eat my overnight oats i do uh, I just get dressed. I don't drink coffee. If I can get some tea, I'll have, I'll have some tea. What's wrong? Uh, with I, you, I don't. Man? I don't pollute my body with coffee. It's nasty. What? Um, man, tea is what's but, polluting your body, man. It's not the coffee. 
<laughs> it's not, dude. Like, you look at so many people, and they put like half a cup of coffee and half a cup of creamer. Like, if if that's what it takes to force yourself to choke down some coffee, you don't like coffee. Oh, I drink it black. And man. I found my like man. I found myself doing that. Mm. You you drink your coffee black? Yeah, man, you got to. Well, I, I mean, I, I can appreciate that. I mean, Rich, I think Richard does the same thing, but he's like that. He's like a Cuban cigar, black coffee. And bourbon. Scotch. What is scotch. Scotch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I don't think I'm quite as manly, but uh, tea is a good thing for me. Uh, I, I like that Spartan tea. Have you had that Spartan tea? No, I'm, I I I don't have a problem with tea. I just I I'm I've never had a uh, a taste for it. And people say that I must not yeah, be from fair. the south because I don't drink sweet tea, and that's like a big thing down here. <laughs> like down here yeah, in the south, that. man, they'll make sweet tea and they put just tons of sugar in it, man. Yeah, it's just sugar water and yeah, it's like a, a totally. slightly brown color. Yeah, and it's just, to me, tea has always tasted like this is something that's watered down. It tastes like a flat, watered down, not a Coke, but something that was like that at one point. So, I like kombucha, so I guess technically that's kind of like a tea, right? It's fermented tea or whatever. Something like that. It's got some cultures in there, some yeah. stuff growing in it. Yeah. Rotten tea. <laughs> Yeah, but I I like, but I'm kind of a snob with that. I like, I tried it at one of the Spartans race. They had that brand GTs there. Yeah, uh, GTS. Man, good. I like that, but I tried like other brands and I was not a fan. It just tasted like it was a little flatter, so. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. Get that Ginger Aid. Get that Trilogy, dude. Yeah, the man. GTS Trilogy. That's popping. Yeah, they've got one that's like. It's a, it's in a blue bottle and it's uh or the color of it's blue and it's like the twenty fifth anniversary but it's got like a coconut water base to it ooh that one's good you don't see it everywhere out, too like the only place I've seen it's like Publix mm. we don't have Publix out here that's a, that's more of a south so oh, is it yeah they got, they got, yeah what about Kroger they got Kroger up there. We have King Supers, which is part of Kroger. Oh, I've never heard of that one. King, yeah, King Supers. I never heard of it till I got here, and that's that's our grocery store. Like that's that's the thing out here. Mm. It's strange, but yeah, Publix is like a, a southern thing. Like you get them in uh, Florida, Georgia. I think I saw one in Tennessee. That was like the first time I saw one. And it's it's a dying breed, but there still are some piggly wigglies in the South. Which is a grocery I've store. never seen that. And they are expensive as hell. And they, the logo for it's like a pig with like a white hat on that looks like a super old school supermarket hat, but the pig looks like Porky the Pig. I don't know how they didn't get in trouble for that. Uh, it's just a hat. It's disguise. Yeah. Well, all right, VJ, man, I'm, I'm out of questions, man. So is there anything you want to add, you know? Um, Sponsors you want to shout really. out? I know you got like 100 yeah, I got tons of sponsors. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, I mean, the sponsorship thing has definitely changed this year. But uh, I mean, shout out to the companies that are still, you know, supporting me. Like uh, Salming, Salming Running's been been hooking me up pretty good. Uh, keep making sure I got all the shoes I need, my, my running apparel and stuff. Uh, Naked Running Band has been really good to me this year. Um, now, what is that? They make it. 
So Naked Running Band is, uh, well, it's Naked Sports Innovations, but they make something called the Running Band. They also make a running vest. It's like, it's like your Nathan or your oh, okay. Ultimate Direction type of thing. But they use this material. It's called an Exo Power Mesh. Right. But it's like a two. So the band, for example, is like a two layers of compression material. But it's really breathable. It sheds water really well. But the main problem with belts and stuff is that you put water in it or whatever and it just bounces all over the place especially if you're running on trail like if you're going downhill it's just going to bounce right out of the belt or it's going to annoy the shit out of you and you're never going to wear it again well the belt's going to get loose on you yeah yeah so this you order to your size your waist size you put it on it's got three pockets on there and you can actually you tuck your water bottle in there like a soft flask and it does not move Like, it doesn't move at all. It holds it secure to your body. So I've put my phone, wallet, my keys, a GoPro, some fuel, a water bottle in it, and I don't even get a jingle from the keys. Like, it's just solid. It's it's honestly a really great product, and they're coming out with some really cool stuff for next year that I'm really excited for some people to see. But if you're – especially for obstacle racing, like, it doesn't hold water. It dries really quick. And you can either wear it empty or totally load it down, and it's going to be secure either way. So uh, yeah. it, it, they've been really good to me. And you said year. it. Uh, I have, like, a similar thing that I wear, too. And, and, like, you put it on like a pair of pants, but it's like a belt. And it's and, and yeah. the brand I, I got is a Nathan, and I think you said that. But I actually <laughs> used that for uh, an Ultra I did. And, uh, like, I shoot, I bet I had, like, eight or 10 gels and like some other stuff I was running with. And I had two of them and I had another one in my drop bin. So I just slid that one off and slid another one off. They work great. And it's like you said, I mean, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't carrying any water, but you know, it, it didn't bounce at all. Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, if you're interested in one of these, let me know. I'll see what I can do. It's a really great product. And once you get one, you'll probably be sold on it. Cause it has the most like space in it that I've seen from anything, and the vests are really good too. So uh, yeah, they've been they've been supporting me this year, even through the rough times and everything, and it's been really cool. That's cool. Um, stoked to introduce them into OCR and gain them some popularity. But uh, yeah, then Attack Fuel, you know, they've been fueling me for the last couple of years, and they've been really great. And uh, Venga CBD has been keeping me going. Making sure I don't get too sore. It's been good. And uh, hopefully we get to continue working together next year. And uh, got a couple cool people lined up for next year that I'm, I'm excited to, to bring into OCR. Like I, I like to bring brands that aren't involved in OCR into OCR because it helps the sport expand. Yeah, but it also exposure. helps like, yeah, exactly. And there's some cool brands that I've been in touch with that we might be able to bring into OCR for the first time that really deserve to be there. And, and I think it's could do really well so it's not Pornhub, stay tuned <laughs> <laughs> dude that'd be uh i think that'd be a big dollar sponsor that'd be pretty hype yeah imagine <laughs> having that sponsor logo on your shirt <laughs> i'd just get it right across my forehead make sure it's visible to all i saw this guy go through town the other day like one you know one of the honda guys you know an import car and like on the back he had this huge like tail on the back trunk and he had like a porn hub sticker with all of his other little you know like no piece stickers and all that i just thought it was hilarious <laughs> that's uh 
that's quite something. Yeah. Well, hey, VJ, man, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, do this interview, man. Uh, like I said, man, I hope we have another season coming 2021, and hopefully the races happen and we don't have any that get canceled or, you know, just looking yeah, I think it depends on where the race is. Like, you look at that first race in SoCal, yeah. probably not likely. I don't but see then you that look at the race. Yeah, me neither. Uh, if, if you look at the race in uh, Arizona or Jacksonville, I think you're going to see those events are probably going to happen. Um, places like that are probably going to allow events, at least uh, reasonable ones. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to have a season. And to everyone listening out there, if you're – trying to actually improve next year and you want to have some good results. Um, if you've been trying to break onto that age group podium or you're trying to get to your first top 10 or top five elite race, um, hit me up. We got the OCR performance project. We got some spots left. Love to have you guys in there. Um, just let us introduce you to a more periodized scientific approach to training and I, I promise you you'll see some results it works, it works great and, if you're racing every single weekend too <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll try to avoid that a little bit but um but yeah we're we're getting athletes ready you can be one of them hit us up and uh i mean you can save a hundred dollars if you sign up in the next week and i mean that's a freaking deal it's a black friday special pre-black friday special dude everybody's got them that's right. <laughs> well, hey, VJ, man. Thanks again for talking to us, man. You take care. I appreciate you having me on. Let's talk to you later, man. Hope you enjoyed the interview. I want to thank VJ again for taking the time to talk to us. Uh, there's no new reviews at this time, so uh, if any of you want to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it. Uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I will be at the Dirty Spokes race in Decula, Georgia this weekend at, uh, I think it's a little Mulberry Park, whatever. So if you see me there, come up to me and say, hey, what's up? I'd love to chat with anybody. Uh, also, two weeks after that, I will be in the final Dirty Spokes uh, series race. It, the series has been eight races. It stretched from July to December, I think. And uh, I've hit all the races except for one and I missed that one because we were doing the Blue Ridge Ultra that weekend. So, yeah, if you see me at the race, come up to me and say, hey, what's up? Uh, Thanksgiving's next week, and with this crazy year, I just hope everybody has a great Thanksgiving. You know, we're getting towards the end of this year, and I think everybody's ready for it to be over and hope that 2021 will be just a reset and all the races will be back, and we can get together and have fun again and not have to worry about COVID. I'm ready for COVID to go away, and hopefully it will soon. Anyway, we'll see you next race. Later.